0: State of Combat podcast with Brian Campbell. Oh yeah, they said the box would never be back, but here it is, the SOC. Boxeo A-O time. Is that science really all that sweet lately? I'll let you be the judge, but it is your boy BC. Back in front of the mic, and uh, let me tell you. I'm fired up. I'm, I'm ready for the true podcast to begin. He knows I'm a very true guy, and I know my true, and he knows he's true, and he's not ready for true. Get yourself ready for true, because uh, I have a podcast with a Slovakian guy, and uh, he is a New York Times best-selling author. He is uh, employed again, and he is the best. the best. Sorry. Uh, the best in the world at what he does. It is Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you lick up. Lick you up. Let me lick no more you unemployment. More unemployment. Turn it baby. Off. Let me lick you all around. Oh. Boy, oh, oh. let me lick you, girl. Like you love is oh. oh. good. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Rafe Boogs, uh, congratulations on being employed again. You deserve it.
1: Thank you. Um, you know, at least somebody got the score, right? Thank you to my new colleagues at usbets.com, Better Collective Tennessee, which is the umbrella company under which we serve, which I think is even part of some other Company that's based in Denmark. I don't know. I hope I get flown out to Copenhagen so I can say what's up to our boy Ulrich (laughs) Anderson and
0: we can bro out with Darren Barker. (laughs) I'd love love to shake his hand. I would love to shake his hand. Uh, Rafe, I was gonna bring up Ulrich in a second, but you have joined forces for the second time in your life with one Eric Raskin. And I did want to tease the bag a little. If you like the state of combat and you like Eric Raskin? We, meaning Eric and myself, have a bonus. Oh, this is podcast. that Survivor crap. Oh, I didn't even wow. get an invite oh, for this. Good lord, you don't like that ish, do you? No, I've not. I watched
1: the first season. All I know is Richard.
0: All right, well, CBS, uh, you know, all time greatest hit Survivor. Of course, one of my favorite shows. Later this week on the SOC, it is a spectacular bonus pod. Uh, Three time Survivor contestant. Two-time cancer survivor Ethan Zahn stops by to tell us about that time he dated Jennifer Love Hewitt and how it exploded in front of him.
1: Was was this when she was uh, vajazzling? Do you remember that? Uh, wow, I don't know if we can say that on the air. I mean, what well, you- it's not even a real word. It's not in the dictionary. It's not one of George Carlin's seven words you can't say. No, she was. A, you can. Uh, hey, Brian. After this podcast, you go look it up on the YouTube. She went on – remember George Lopez used to have a late-night show on cable? Yes. So she was a guest on the George Lopez show and went on there and talked for like five minutes about how she got – she had gotten into vajazzling, which if you know what the bedazzler is and you know what a vajayjay is, you put two and two together and you get a great book with some Kriegel in it. But you
0: also – Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. You you know, he might have shot his load on that one.
0: Wow. Well, uh, he's Ethan Zahn's going to tell us how a visit on the Howard Stern show derailed their relationship. You're going to love that story. Uh, anyway, Rafe, also uh, David Sampson, former uh, president of the Miami, Florida Marlins, the Montreal Expos and a uh, contestant in 2014 on Survivor. And also, by the way, my colleague at CBS Sports from the uh, Nothing Personal podcast with David Sampson also going to be on that show. Rasky going to stop by. We're going to look at the greatest players in history, the hottest chicks in Survivor history as well. Uh, hopefully, is
1: Survivor a show that has a lot of um, yes.
0: eye candy? Yes. Yes. Really, it did exist.
1: Yes, I've been watching some Alone, well, and there's not a lot of eye candy on Alone.
0: No, I don't watch that. Oh, uh, what Rask you got to I... get down oh, alone is dope, man. Well, I've had a lot. I spent a lot of time alone, but uh, Rask uh, and I got into the 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 reality of when you're a Survivor fan that the hot chicks always get voted off too early. So the rest of the season, you know, you're you're hanging on. You know what I'm saying. What are you? What what exactly are you hanging on? to? Well, that's you know that's that's really that's uh, well you know you know remember what they said that time about Dillian? But Dylan White has one of the best sticks in the game. Yes, thank you, Richard. Hey, shout out to Richard Dwyer. I haven't have you been checking his uh his YT page? Is he still is, producing? He is. He is. I have not been
1: on top of the Dwyer drops as uh as I used to be. Not really because. I have one foot out of the boxing game thanks to the athletics shit canning me so to speak uh but really just because there even if I was still working in boxing there's not much to to watch Richie Dwyer talk about there's not much to listen to us talk about frankly
0: yeah, well then, but we're still here that's why it's 2 weeks later and we're finally having a podcast about nothing i, I guess you can call this uh state of seinfeld right i mean that's it's just right. uh, it's yeah. just a bunch of crap uh uh, what I, the is the this, deal yeah what's the deal with the bubble it's not a little a little uh, Rafe I did want to say that when you do you have to converse with Rask for your job and do you ever pick up the phone and say all right Eric deep breath deep now. breath deep breath now <laughs> um let me, well, let me because know, here's the deal Rafe music makes me lose control music makes you lose control oh. music <laughs> Okay, you're asking. Let me, let me put some water. Put the water on your bowl. Let me, me put some water on your bowl. Deep breath now. Okay, Eric, deep breath. Okay, Eric. Let me, let me, let me invite you to my bris. Yes, all right. Let me, uh, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, Um, Good luck to you two
1: there. Thank you. Look, I mean, one of the big uh, joys of this new opportunity for me is that I've heard so much about Eric Raskin's glory days as a doubles tennis superstar Maccabi. in the Ilunga Makabu games. And um, you know, I, I was looking for a partner and I needed someone who could help me raise my game. He's my boss. I have to I, I answer directly to Raskin. Wow.
0: Wow. You- You're not my boss anymore, BC. I'm sorry. You'll be the first because Raskin usually answers to his wife. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, Rafe. Um, speaking of all of the people that we regularly shout out, right? The Irish crew, the ADK crew. Oh, go! I think Godinez is still alive. I think he tweeted the other day. Did you see him?
1: I, I he has been tweeting. Yes, he is. Okay. He's alive on Twitter. Does he survived with uh, COVID. B sample bloke, whatever he calls himself now, sent him to hell. Ooh. He dug up. He dug up. He, you know how he does with you. He finds the old photos. Yes. He found an he found like the corporate headshot for our guy Alex Godinez and tweeted it at him. You know, classic B sample bloke. The I don't know how he does it, man. I, he, he, look, he th- th- this guy, his mystery, it just grows the more we learn. Cause he yeah. knows some deep inside boxing stuff sometimes he when he slides into the DMS, it's like, Oh wait, this, this is not just a, this is not just a, a man who enjoys the humor of boxing Twitter. He's, this might be the burner of somebody. this might be Al Heyman. I know, I know this game. You gotta listen
0: to me when I tell you what's going on. I mean, you know, I'm calling this shot. He, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. He calls a lot of shots in, in my DMS as well. Um, Interesting. I don't. Know. He's a man of all countries. He's a. He is your 2019 State of Combat Listener of the Year, by the way. Even though some people think we got that voting wrong, right? But you know, it did, it did happen. Alex Godinez, what's going on, brother? What's going on, brother, indeed. By the way, did you see VO on Instagram live story yesterday? No. What's
1: he up to? Does he have any skunks?
0: No. I, I feel bad here. Uh, one of a good friend of his, I think from his youth, oh, no. died. <laughs> And he posted, like, 20 consecutive videos of him grieving the death. And I felt bad for him. But then it got really dark where he just had the phone set up, like, at a weird angle. And he just sat there, like, gushing tears. Like, there was, like, some videos of him just crying and talking about how he loved that guy. But then there's some where he's, like, aching. and Like, like we, we shouldn't be seeing that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, this, this it's- is, like, prime Vonis erosion
1: oversharing.
0: Yeah, th- it got a little weird. And uh, shout out to Vio. I hope he's hanging in there. Uh, we do love some Vo, Dude, this is nuts. Indeed. Uh, but what I was trying to say was we didn't do a show in a while. Heck, I never know if we're ever going to do a show again if boxing doesn't decide to announce some fights soon, Rave. You had Fight fight Island to deal with. You uh, had a I, whole island full of skinheads yes, I did, on your I did, hands did, did, did. last week. We understand. That is keeping my business afloat. Thank you. We did get an email, you and I, from uh, postmark. Denmark, post-dated, dateline Denmark. He might be my new corporate overlord. Subhead, we want the box is your subject line uh, from one Ulrich Anderson, Rafe, who says, uh, Rafe in BC, I've been indifferent to the skinhead sport, but I'm starting to resent it due to the disappointment I feel every time I see there's a new SOC episode, only to realize it's another skinhead edition of the show. Rafe, a lot of people are saying that same thing lately, okay? He says, I'm from the Danish hood. I don't want stories about men rolling around in their undies. I want stories about greasy gas station food, wash BC playing hoops, pacific rims, fathers, sons, liquid crack, and all that other good stuff. He went on to crack more jokes, but um, we're doing this show today in part because this is what the people want, Rafe. Okay? Well, and also because... We ain't here to break down Michaela Mayer's uh, jab, right? We're here just because the people need it. I need it, Brian. I need
1: it. I need I need the people. I need the shout-outs. I need Dwyer. I need you in
0: my life, brother. Thank you. Thank you. It did exist. Thank you. Okay.
1: Uh, how are you doing on your liquid crap? I see you on Instagram touching with... with, with Simpson's images touching tips with your skinhead brother yes. Luke Thomas yes. now. Yes,
0: that's my I, that's I, my I, new fling. In fact, that is yes, I, I have I see a, what's going on, Brian. I see uh, I'm getting phased out. I have brought another into the marriage bed and uh he has his own closet now. Yes. You are making
1: me look like Will Smith here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what the cuck are you talking about? Rave, how's your uh liquid crack intake these days? Look at the look,
1: I only have I'm holding oh, I don't know if you can see can it. See no, because of my weird background, but um, it is a it's a bottle that once had liquid crack in it, but now is filled with pink lemonade okay. with the crystal light, which oh, I wow. think is still basically the same chemical as the liquid crack.
0: You got me into seltzer now. I'm I'm a seltzer guy because of you now.
1: I'm I'm down with the seltzer too, but I I need to get back to the store and and pick up a new batch.
0: They both look great. They were cut up. They had six packs, eight packs, twelve packs, twenty four packs. They had it all going. Thank you, thank you, uh, Rafe. Your state is one of the uh, newest states to legalize the the green leaf. Have you, uh, you know, you know? Yeah, I've been, I've I've been hitting the dispensary. Okay, thank you. Do you? Thank you. All right, it's legal. Okay, so why don't you just relax a little bit? Yo 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 yo, yo. Relax, relax. You know what I mean? All right, hey. Enough. You remember that time people reviewed the show and they were like. Sounds like a second-rate morning drive show. They didn't even talk boxing for the first 20 minutes. Hey, there ain't no boxing to talk about, all right? But, Rafe, I do have other headlines. Have you ever heard of that little man in Las Vegas?
1: Ooh, who are we talking about here?
0: The ginger, the guy. Ganello? No, no, the other ginger, the little man in Las Vegas, our guy.
1: Oh! I do like
0: ginger. Me too. Isn't Evan Korn a ginger?
1: I don't... Oh, he might be. He might be. If I'm a ginger, then he is.
0: Well, Rafe, I didn't prepare you for this. But he's not little.
1: He's not little. Look, we talk. He's like Broner. He's not little, man. I've seen him. He's not little.
0: uh, You know, I I received a phone call the other day, okay? I didn't prepare you Mm -hmm. for this. From one Evan Korn.
1: Is he sending me to hell?
0: He says, why don't you have this conversation on the show with Rafe? He says... I just so happened to check because that's what I do who unfollowed me on Twitter and he says I have been unfollowed by the one and only at Rafe Boogs and quote I just want you to let Rafe know that I know and quote word you know Uh, what I didn't even know well you know I think this is enough of an offense that we may have to bring on a, a higher a higher level to find out the answer to this
1: You can't handle the truth. There's no sense. It doesn't fit. If it doesn't fit, you must equip. Son, my dream. I've been sitting here for 10 minutes now looking over this rap
0: sheet. Of- uh, your rap sheet has an unfollow to the man who twice became the SOC's content provider of the year. How do you plead?
1: Apparently guilty. I'm looking at it right now, and I don't. I'm not following him, nor is he following me, and that's fine with me. Look, this is this is my person. This
0: grudge unfollow,
1: like he he hit you with. I don't know. That's fine. I don't take it personally There is no grudge. This is this is this is this is my personal Twitter philosophy. If I if if I if I have love for you in real life, I don't give a damn about Twitter. And I do have love for Evan Corn in real life. He was a great person to work with for the last year. And he's just like a lovely, funny, great guy in general. Um, I probably unfollowed him along with a lot of people. I unfollowed Pug and Cop. A lot of people I used to follow because that ain't my job to follow nobody no more. All right? And that was sort of how – perhaps a little rash of me. People say, you could use the mute button. You know what? I ain't about that half-stepping stuff. If I'm out, I'm all the way out. I'm not out of my love for Evan Korn, but – Rafe, if I if wow. I ain't a working media professional, I don't need to be bothering him with my Twitter presence, nor does he need to be – you know what I mean? And I, look, it doesn't matter because like my life is probably better with his Twitter feed or with his tweets in my life. But um, sometimes I don't care and I'm just like, yo, I'm out.
0: Wow. Rafe never half steps because he's not a half stepper. I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. Drink a lot of soda. So – Hopefully he doesn't perish like Fife Dog. Thank you. Okay, uh, so...
1: Anyway, much love, Evan. It really is... I, I, I am not mad at you at all. Um,
0: Stop that crap! Stop it! Yeah.
1: And that never crossed my mind. I'm pro- I,
0: I just act stupid online sometimes because I don't... It's just Twitter. It's not real life to me. I can't wait to see the BoxingHead... BoxingScene.com headline... Rafe, Colin. You think I care about what the freak that guy that acted that way, that behaved that way, that I care what he thinks I'm saying? No. No. I don't. I don't. All right, corn, take that. All right. Hey, Rafe, did you know that it ain't just boxing and skinheads that are back in the game? I don't know if we've had this conversation yet. Um, I don't know if we have either. It's been a couple weeks, man. Um, Did you know, Rafe? That there's another cat on the prowl, so to Wolf? speak, these days. In the DMs, also on the golf course. Mm. All right? And he goes, rah rah like, like a dungeon dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. Yes, 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 yes. Does he
1: play golf while his pants are sagging?
0: Rafe, Tiger Woods is back this weekend. And we at CBS Sports just so happen to have a podcast worth listening to called The First Cut. Hey, Rafe, I don't know about you, but I've heard that The First Cut is the deepest.
1: Um, yeah,
0: usually. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tiger Woods is back and Rafe, the big cat. Is he really called Tiger the big William. cat? Isn't that Ernie huh? Ladd? Has Tiger Woods ever been called the big cat?
1: No, oh, that was uh, Andres Galarraga. As yeah, far as I that, know, yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. Okay,
1: all right. And it's you. also that guy on bar stool. Is there how many more big cats are there?
0: That's not a cat. Okay. Anyway, Rafe, um, I wanted you to know that the big cat is making his first PGA Tour start this weekend since February at the Memorial Tournament when Tiger invades historic Muirfield Village. And the First Cut Golf Podcast has you covered. They don't care about the other listeners, Rafe. They want deep inside your cochlea with two stacked preview shows and round-by-round recap pods as Tiger searches for career win number 83. Rafe, do you think he has won more golf tournaments or fancied more ladies out of wedlock? Because he's at number 82 right now on golf tournament victories.
1: Look. Um, given what we know of his proclivities, as incredible as it is that he's won 82 professional golf tournaments, ah, damn. Um, but yeah, he is probably, uh, he's probably putting
0: up way higher numbers outside of that. It's a hard one day for me today. Many days for Tiger. Well, Rave, you can find the First Cut podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to enjoy fine audio. And please tell him BC sent you. All right, Rafe. Um, here's what we're going to do. Okay. Okay. We're going to take a pause for the cause on the other side. We got some latest news. We're going to recap the latest inside the bubble where when Rafe continues to unfollow the top ranked staff member by member. And we will have an interesting debate. What's the best boxing win of the last decade? Hmm. Hmm. I already know my answer. Very, very interesting there, Rafe. Uh that all that and then some tall, pale, and handsome, it's your boy BC back after this. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So yes. You can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute
1: legends of the game.
0: All right, Rafe Bugs BC back at it. Hey Rafe, uh happy anniversary to you. No, 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 not in you and your significant loved one of no. But that's tomorrow is literally our anniversary. Oh, 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 oh good. good Lord. Okay, all right. I'll be Ali. Don't, don't.
1: Yes. Yeah, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold it in
0: today. Yes, I guess. Please don't know. shoot the gun off. Uh congratulations on that to your lovely lady as well. Uh Rafe, this is the ten year anniversary this month of one. Pacific Rims, your first, oh, right. your first, uh, what do they call books? Yeah, novel? No, not a novel. It was a novel concept, but uh your journey to the Philippines, your love and celebration of all things Pinoy basketball, your appreciation for, uh, you know, Pinas, Rafe, if we can go that far, Pinas. Pinas. That really inspired me. Rafe, uh, congratulations, because this started you off on a journey down the father and son hole into bars, uh, you know, loving basketball and Omar Epps. So do you have any, you know, thoughts, comments on, you know, 10 years as a published author? Well.
1: The book itself means a lot to me. It's it's uh, it's like you said. It really started all of this for me. I didn't. I had no clue what I wanted to do when I moved to the Philippines. I had a great opportunity with a with a Fulbright grant, and loved basketball and was really fascinated with what I knew of this story. and ended up, you know, it changed my life in a million different ways. The most important uh, of which, you know, I mean, look, it's it's great to have a career that has been eventful and cool and gave me all kinds of crazy stories from. You know, being at ringside at Marquez Pacquiao.
0: Yes. Four.
1: Four, yes. The, the one that he won. Yeah. Um, being at all, so covering fights, working, you know, working with Bill Simmons, which, you know, not Whoa. too many people can say they did.
0: Whoa, um, Simo, we never mentioned that name on this pod. Okay.
1: Yeah, I take that back. Um, But uh all a lot of that basically you can trace it all back to that experience but more more important than any of the career stuff is that the philippines is still a huge part of my life i'm still in touch with i mean i i I was on the phone this week with a former teammate of mine there that we played in tournaments together and we were and and um he just had a kidney transplant he's doing well um and just, you know, I, I mean, I'm back there every year. I'm, 2020 is probably going to look like, because of COVID, the one year I don't make it back for the first time since 2011. Um, or, Yeah, yeah. So in any case, you know, it's a huge part of my life and I and I want to keep it that way forever and I have that experience to thank for it.
0: I own that book. I've read that book. Heard it was good. Right? 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 Yeah. Sounded know, boring. Picked it up. Still sounded pretty good. Um congrats on that, Rafe. Uh I had a follow-up. Yeah, whatever. Who yeah. cares, right? Yeah, okay. Um have you given any more time to the Broner Rap C D? No. Okay, because okay, 'cause I'd love to spoil you. you I, spoil. I know we had a couple setbacks, but you stayed down you're so loyal. Bet you now got bones. You'll clean up the day. Erickson <laughs> Is that what the guy said? All right. Uh, Rafe. Me... Erickson, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's quite a humdinger. An absolute humdinger. Uh, Rafe, did you happen to see our guy uh, Jose Zepeda box in the bubble recently? Uh, no?
1: No, but I did listen to your interview with him, which was charming. Um, he Thank came you. off great. Thank you. Got to learn a little bit about him. Sweet guy, uh I heard he looked good and basically just shut out or you know one-wide against that replacement Castaneda guy. And you know what, Brian, this is what I'll tell you. I'm kind of as, as look, we're 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 pretty pretty committed Zipetta heads, but I was um I was relieved he did not end up fighting Ivan Baranchik because I don't like that matchup for him. So, and I and I'd like Zapeta a lot as a fighter. I just think that Baranchik is so puts on so much pressure. He's so physically strong. He can hurt you. And I don't know that. I mean, you know, Baranchik hurt Josh Taylor a couple times in that fight, and, and Taylor had to crack him, put him down a couple times to put some distance between himself and and Baranchik. And I don't know that our that our guy. Zepeda would have been able to hold up against that. Um, so I'm glad because I like both fighters. and I'd, I'd rather see them beat other guys who I don't like as much than see them take each other out. Although it would have been a great fight. And I would have liked to see that because I haven't seen a great fight in a long
0: ass time, Brian. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is more to my liking. Ray, okay. He's
1: was, Belarusian.
0: There was a top rank fight. I don't know which one it was that people are saying could be the fight of the year. Do you know?
1: Which I'll you tell know? you, it was uh, it was the Adam Bluenose Lopez one. I think the the second it was the second top rank broadcast. Shout out to Evan Korn. I pay attention, brother. Okay. And okay. Um, it opened it up. It was after the the sort of the dull of uh, you know the, the letdown of of that first broadcast, which of course Stevenson, who uh, looked fine, you know. in in that fight, but still it was not a fun fight to watch. Anyway, this, this Adam Lopez, the guy who pushed Oscar Valdez late last year as a replacement opponent, right? Knocked him down early, looked like he was ahead on those cards and then got stopped late when, when Valdez caught up to him. Um, he won. It was a very good fight. He looked pretty good again. Uh, so I think that's the one they're talking about. Um, Unless they're talking about – they could be talking about the Maloney-Franco fight, but I, I thought the, the, uh, the Blue Nose fight was better.
0: Maloney-Franco was a good fight. Uh, also, uh, Rafe, uh, I'm seeing uh, Jamel Herring, unfortunately, keeps testing positive for COVID. Uh, we're seeing a lot of COVID hits. You, I mean, UFC has had their, their good share of coaches, fighters pull out, whatever, but Top Rank had that stretch of just uh, rough luck. But uh, uh, Carlos Takam beat that lifeless body. You didn't care about that, right? No. Jerry, Jerry, uh, Jerry didn't bring it that night. All right. Thank you. No. Um, also, Rafe, uh, because of Herring pulling out, um, Michaela Mayer was able to pull in in a historic female main event. i wondering how you're going to finesse that one. <laughs> uh, defeating Helen Joseph wide and unanimously. Your thoughts?
1: It was a, it was a great fight. Um, and I'm really excited to see what Michaela Mayer does next. Can maybe she can get a fight in there with, uh, with, uh, the winner of, uh, Taylor or if Amanda Serrano can come yeah, back and get a fight.
0: Can we sit here and celebrate Eddie Hearn and company for that August 22nd matchroom card, which already has the best zone fight of the summer and maybe the best fight overall of the summer until, you know, that Showtime announcement comes in and maybe some of those can compete with it. But, uh, it's Dillian White against Alexander Povietkin and it's Katie Taylor, Delphine Pursuing part Duh, Rafe. I'm overly excited for that fight. That crazy police officer just comes in head first. It's going to be a wild night in Eddie's backyard.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I don't know. We know that's happening. It's, it's That's so far away, Brian. It feels like every week life throws some crazy new curve at us. So I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed that we do get to see that card in Eddie Hearn's backyard And uh, if we do the the boxing world, will be better for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, All right. Uh, Also, Rafe, Clay Collard continues to be an interesting story. And I'm glad Top Rank is now rewarding him. He'll fight every other day. He's a former UFC guy, skinhead. He uh, once lost to uh, Max Holloway back in his UFC run. And now we have really how much does Max Holloway weigh Uh, one for he fights at one forty five. So this guy is now,
1: like, fighting between 160 and 168 in boxing? Yes. yes. He does look a little soft in the middle,
0: but still, I, I, just I would keeps, not think of him. He pulled a couple upsets out of his kazoo, and now he's just straight winning and knocking dudes out. Scored another TKO in the co last night. Uh, I Did can-
1: you see the name of the guy that he I, – I, I actually made a note of this because I thought it was funny. The guy he beat this week, Laurent T. Nelson. Any relation, Brian, do you think to coach Craig T. Nelson, oh, Craig T. Nelson,
0: by the way, great actor, Rafe. We always think. Of yeah, you really? Coach. No, you don't think so. Underrated bespian. Well, here's the deal on him. Can we can I look up his I am? Can we go there? Because where else are we going to go? Right. So why don't we why don't we pull a Johnny Sig, by the way? Check out his pod interviewing a lot of big name actors. Right. From uh, Eric Roberts like, to uh, right. Eric Roberts was a good one
1: uh somebody from the sopranos i don't know if he was an actor or, uh, or Sher- a writer oh, or whatever yeah no
0: he was an actor all right so did you get into that that dramatic uh show uh called parenthood over the last decade
1: i didn't i know that people loved it and cried and it was a whole big thing wasn't my man michael rapaport on that shout out to new york
0: city i don't think he was but oh, uh, never uh that was a that. that was a great show and coach coach nelson played the uh you know, the, the grumpy dad and that, the grandpa. Michael it, B. Jordan, isn't it? Was, in it? He, yes. I think. All right. I got one. Wait, wait. Yes. Yes. I think. He's in like every show I like. So I'm trying to, trying to you know. He was in what? Friday night? He was in everything. The Wire, Friday night fights. Every show I ever liked, he was in. Yeah. He Friday, was in yeah
1: Michael B. Jordan was awesome in Friday night fights.
0: Friday night lights. Yeah. Friday night fights is a different show starring Teddy Atlas. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, Coach once starred in a movie called I'm Not Rappaport. Maybe that's where you got confused there. Well, I thought we were going to have a fun little talk here, but my internet will not, uh, will not keep up with me. But, uh, was, I'm trying to think what's the movie that Craig T. Nelson was the bad guy in in the 80s and he was fantastic at it. Do you know?
1: Coach, I, I I, you were your your internet broke on me for a second, but yeah, uh, you're back working. now. OK. And uh, we can agree to to celebrate Craig T. Nelson for his without many, without
0: many holding gifts. up the podcast to get deep into his uh, resume is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you tell me what 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 else is on? I, it? I, I got it. Some- he was the, the dick coach in all the right moves with Tom Cruise. That's what I'm thinking of. He was great in that. Mm. Remember that?
1: Uh, no, like I didn't. I don't think I watched that one because that's early cruise. That's 80s cruise. That's I'm, I was a little oh, young for that. Rebecca De Mornay.
0: Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on, Rafe Will you?
1: What, what do you want me to say, man? What do you, well, I remember him in like a weird alien movie. Uh, we, he might have been two. in like a body snatcher movie.
0: Poltergeist 2 he was in. He was in Action Oh, two. yeah. Poltergeist. That's a hey. Well, he was in Born on the Fourth of July and Turner and Hooch.
1: All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what was that girl's name? With what, what something? Anne, Carrie Ann?
0: I don't know. This guys, they bring in this, the yeah, the little tiny yeah. woman, we've and hit she's an like, "Hold low, Rafe." Okay. All right. Let me what? let me see if Teddy remembers that that woman at all. That woman judge who had it even, please. Please. Okay. We got to keep going here. Uh, the only issue I have with Clay Collard's story, and by the way, Evan Korn trying to get that man Clay Collard on this podcast, I'm not against it. Okay. He can talk skinheads. He's—he's. He's, I know he only made five thousand for that knockout two weeks ago, and he fights every four days, Rafe. But he's now calling himself Cassius Clay. Collard. That's why it's—that's
1: why it's good to get UFC guys because they're used to making no money every time they fight.
0: But Rafe, like he's a—he's a brawler. He's a—he's a dude who comes, you know, gets the, like he gets in that ass. You can't call yourself Cassius Clay Collard, right? Uh,
1: yeah. That's a, that is a bold move, but uh. Hey, what well, you know, uh, he's, also he's, a he's white backing guy. it up so far. All right, who's going to, who is, while we're talking about Cassius Clay Collard, who is going to cash him out?
0: Oh, no, oh, no. Um, Zerto? I don't know. Somebody. Zerto, he's not, Zerto
1: doesn't mess with that top rank S no more from what I understand. Really?
0: Uh, what, well, he's part of
1: uh, well, is he, he Is,
0: is Zanford but top been, rank or is it just a, are they just in bed together?
1: Well, I mean, Zamfer is its own promotional company that that runs its own show shows in Mexico and and handles a lot of great Mexican fighters. I think when they do work in the U.S., they tend to, you know, they 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 co- collaborate with 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 Grandpa, which makes sense. You know, you want to work with the best.
0: Revisit their collaboration. Okay, uh, Rafe. Also, um, Jamel Hearing, who had to pull out of that title bout. Uh, Steve Kim reporting that Top Rank could be matching Jamel with Carl Frampton, of all people, this November. Now, when talking about Carl Frampton, you do have to be careful.
1: Ever, though, please, whatever you do, do not ever call me a YouTuber because that is not what I am. I'm am not a YouTuber, but I do have a YouTube channel.
0: Thank you. He's a—he's not a YouTuber. He's a great fighter. though. So,
1: YouTubers, they're making a wee bit of a mockery out of a sport Indeed. of boxing, if you, you know what I mean.
0: Uh, I mean, look, you know, I, I'm not here. I'm certainly not here to talk about YouTubers, just in case you were wondering. Um, you know. Who the hell is that? <laughs> I knew you was gonna say that. No, those are YouTubers. Oh, I don't know those guys are. I'm, not, I'm not on YouTube. I'm not, I mean, I'm certainly not on YouTube. Uh, well, every Monday with Morning Combat, but that's about it. Rafe, uh, would you pop for hearing Frampton? Oh yeah, that's a really good fight. Um, interesting fight. Can Jamel win that? In,
1: could he? Yeah. I I look, Frampton is one of these guys who runs in, especially in recent years, has run hot and cold, right? He's when he's on, he looks fantastic. Like sharp counterpunching, can move, is really athletic, he's still quick. He looked he looked dynamite against Tyler McCreary in that comeback fight, and I was expecting him to not look so good so it has a little bit to do with um i i I suppose the you know if he has a good camp or if his mind is right going into a fight and i think it also has to do with matchups herring is going to be difficult i think for carl frampton because he's so much taller he's a guy who moved down from lightweight to 130 and is campaigning there and he's and he's going to come in he's smart and he's going to come in with a game plan and he's got Bomack in his corner that's a, that's going to be a really interesting fight. I think that Frampton if he if he fights well, if he fights at one of the higher levels of himself, should still be good enough to figure out a way to win, but he's coming in with more um you know, more disadvantages than you usually want to see for him. And he's so short. He's not tall. He's a, he's a short-arm guy. He says, I heard an interview with him when they were discussing the prospect of this fight because it was supposed to happen pre-COVID. And they even had a date, I think, in May for it. And they're going to do it in Belfast. It was going to be a whole, a whole thing, a to-do, a shindig. And um Frampton was saying he... He does well with tall guys. He thinks that he, he's good. He can effing get inside on them, and he's fast and, and can outfight them there. If he ain't blowing smoke, uh, that would be really interesting to see. It. And a huge win for Frampton late in his career, uh, getting a belt in, I think, a third division for him. And he's a top bloke. I, I, they're both. It's hard to pick a guy to root against in that fight because they're both so likable, so just good people.
0: And I got news for you. Frampton thinks he's the BEST against tall guys. Uh, Rafe also, uh, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua revealed as playable characters in the new UFC 4 video game that is launching this week. Uh, we don't really care about that in theory, right? They've had Mike Tyson. They've had, uh, they've had Bruce Lee in the past as sort of like the playable, unlockable, hideable characters. I mean, you know a lot about Mike Tyson, right? Uh, I, Mike I love, Tyson, baby. I love him. I love Mike Tyson. I love him. Um... Mike Tyson, baby. Mike Tyson. Hey, hey, let's go. go. Mike Tyson. Let's go, baby. Hey, <laughs> let's go. Reef, do you think there's anything deeper into this decision? It's a little bit curious. We do know Dana wants to get into the box, uh, we do know that he loves him some Tyson Fury. Remember, we were kind of floating that perspective rumor theory of like, well, what is maybe he waits until Fury runs out his top rank deal and then tries his balls off to to secure that one fight. Right. That the Fury AJ fight, you know, be a co-promoter or, you know, pay-per-view provider on his UFC fight pass or something. And I don't know if he can even do that with his relationship with ESPN, but I don't know. I don't know how it would happen. But do you think that can I get like real conspiratorial with you? What if that's this idea? And then also that guy, Danny Kin Kinahan, Danny K. Uh, yes, yes, he works in the UAE right now, right? That's where he's hiding out. And the UAE is where UFC is going to be. Great this, Island, huh? Going to be this whole summer. In fact, Dana White quoted the other day as saying, I am now looking into buying a house in the UAE. Because we plan to do so much business there. I've also secured an island. I've got an island. The infrastructure is being built right now. Um, Do you think this is like a thing or who cares? Who cares, right?
1: Um, Look, I I don't think you need to get conspiratorial about it, Brian. I think that anybody involved in combat sports, uh, even someone who's not involved in boxing like Dana White uh, or hasn't been involved in boxing in many, many years... Uh, would want to be a part of that event because it would be enormous and perhaps he can play some role facilitating because of the connections he's making in the Emirates uh, through Fight Island and Skinhead Island and I don't know what else, Skinhead Desert and whatever. You know, Tyson Fury is white and bald. So uh, in that regard, he would fit in quite well as a skinhead. Um, But he is a boxer. The thing is, like, Money's going to talk is really what matters here. And if Dana ain't going to offer or be part of the deal that gives these guys the best money, then he's not part of the picture. Um, and if he somehow, you know, ha- has either comes up with the money himself or is the key to unlocking the big money. Yeah, you could come and be a part of this. Sure. That's how it, that's all it is.
0: Because I don't think he and- wants to work with, you know, grandpa.
1: Right. That that relationship is not at its high point. It seems.
0: I want to see boxing pull bigger numbers. I'm not Bob Air. I'm not crusty Dick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was like Big Daddy when he talks about. It, he's like that guy his old balls. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe he's so mad because, you know, uh, Dana was was going into his suite at the. Fight Island Garden Hotel. Yes, and what did he see? Grandpa Bob railing all of oh, Dana's harem in there. I shouldn't say harem in that context. I don't think you should places.
0: say railing and Bob Arum in the same sentence. I mean, <laughs> come on, you know what
1: are we doing? And here? he saw Grandpa's old balls and crusty <laughs> dong, and uh, he can't get it out of his head. He's it's gonna he's scarred for life, you know. And and you know what that means? Uh, advantage Arum.
0: Yeah, that is, uh, that's pretty gross, but, uh, yeah, it's not like I didn't have a part in perpetuating that story. We had an orgy for two days, never screwed so many women, (laughs) in my life in one short period... I'm going to cancel Bob right along with this podcast. All right, uh, hey, Rafe, let's get into an interesting debate here that you posed to me offline that really has become the centerpiece of this ridiculous box show. Best win of the decade. Look, we are starting a new decade right now twenty twenty. What do we call the last decade? The ought the aught teens? Is that what they are? People called it the aughts, like, right?
1: Oh no, that's the first decade. Yeah. This would be the teens. The ought teens, right?
0: Or just the teens?
1: I think you could get away with teens. No, I don't like the aughts for for I don't I don't like the aughts. Period. I call the first one the two thousands and just leave it at that. Have you but, ever googled anything involving teens? Uh, legally. You know, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not on the li- I'm not on, you know, I'm, I'm not on like the the Epstein manifest, and I'm not on like the Poplowski manifest. Oh but you God. know, you the
0: real one. This is what I asked. This, us, what you're this, is what I'm getting. this is what you gonna get. You're gonna get this. And that's what I want. Real- that's what I want. Thank you. Uh, oh, dog. Rafe, who had the best win of the last decade in your eyes?
1: Okay, so this is something. Well, I, a little project of mine during some of the downtime I had over the past month. Um I, I was re-watching not every fight of Nonito the Filipino Flash Donaire, but most of his major fights. Like I didn't I didn't dig up like when he was like six and one watching watching those fights. But starting like a fight or two before he he took that belt off of Darchinian in 2007 and then boom all the way through. And you know what? This guy as I mean, I, I think he – most people would agree he's a Hall of Famer already, but he is underrated, man, criminally underrated. Nonito was nasty. And I think, unfortunately, when he blew up and HBO started putting him on and Top Rank right? got him from Gary Shaw – what?
0: Jaren's dad?
1: Yes, Jaren's dad. And, of course, Rachel's husband. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. Uh, somebody got that score right. Um and uh, when H, when he started showing up on HBO and had some hype behind him, I think he that's when he sort of fell in love with his power a little bit. And look, how, how could you blame him with the kind of power he had in that left hook, putting dents in uh, Montiel's head? And uh, look, I think he actually put dents in another man's head. Go back and watch the Showtime or no, it was on one of those independent pay-per-views. I think it was a Pinoy Power. Uh, he fights... Uh, Vladimir Sidorenko and that guy his head looks like it it, it almost isn't going to make it out of the ring and it does have a, what appears to be a dent in the side in any case Nonito fell in love with his power a little bit and won some boring fights on HBO where he could have been more impre- more impressive than he was I think but still you go back and watch that guy what a talent he was just an outstanding fighter brian and what this is leading to is that in 2013 a cuban man guillermo rigondio beat him at coming off of a fight of the fighter of the year campaign in 2012 which i i i think was a little debatable because i mean look marquez should have gotten it for beating manny in 2012 but uh, at the same time, that was when Nonito was making a big show of being 24/7, 365 Vada clean. He didn't have no back knee like our guy Marquez did. He also didn't sprout an entirely new body. So I, I, I even though the, I, I still kind of want Marquez to get 20. In any look, Nonito was hot. He was. Uh, what's the rest of the Teddy? He was hot. It was, he was thick. He was thick. It was, <laughs> I know. It was, um, uh, Nonito was, was close to his prime, probably not fighting thick. at his very best weight at 122 pounds. Oh, you're going to play it, play Go ahead. It was that heavy. Oh. That's, that's, it. That's, that's, it. that's it. That's that's Nonito was that heavy at that time. and um, And Rigo came in Uh, I was going to say Madison Square Garden, but it's Radio City Music Hall. You were there. I wasn't. Eric Raskin, my boss, was there. And Rigo put – look, we didn't put on a show, but he put a lot of distance between him and Nonito.
0: Yeah, a lot of people got the score right on what really – wrong on what really happened in that fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, look, he took a couple of rounds off in the middle as he is wont to do, and it was not fun to watch those rounds. But the skill, the class, the ability – to to have seeing where Nonito was at that point in his career and to see him beaten so clearly by Rigo, I don't think any win in the teens eclipses that. So not Marquez knocking out Manny, not Floyd shutting out Young Nello when he wasn't born ready, and whatever else you could come up with, and it, not just me. Who thinks this Brian? Many guys. Many guys. I'm a, I will look up the text message. Uh one of those guys, not surprisingly, was uh Bryn Jonathan Butler, who wrote a book about Rigo and not lived in Cuba. Yeah.
0: So I mean, he
1: might be a little bit. That might be a homer pick. I mean, if you don't However, know about
0: BJB, if you don't know who he is, look him up.
1: I did, and I did this. I wasn't working on a story. I just wanted to I just wanted someone I respect to tell me, "Rafe, yes, I you 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 right." And so I texted Stephen Bredman Edwards, the trainer of Julian J Rock Williams. You and Breadman are on that
0: level, you let sl- you slide in like that.
1: I will slide like that cuz I would call, I would talk to him back in the day when I was working at the Athletic and and I like reading his mailbags on boxing scene. Shout out to Rick Reno and I think, you know, he's just a guy who who I respect and I just hit him up. I was like, yo, is it, I, I'm thinking about it. I can't think of another win that's better in this decade. And he says, it's most likely the best win and performance of the decade. Someone actually asked me this in my mailbag. Floyd over Canelo, Marquez over Manny, Manny over Thurman. Was that, I don't even know what decade that was. Yeah, that, um, was,
0: that was the same decade. That's a, okay. and, I, and I love him for uh, putting that in there, by the way, because that's a Roman, great win. Okay. Don't no, no, uh, no. Don't don't go. Don't don't go to the next one. Okay. Even though Thurman beat him, that's a great win. That right. is a
1: great win. Uh, uh, Chocolatito over Estrada. Ward over Kovalev. Which one though? Because he didn't win the first one, oh, dare, and the how, second one kind of had the, all the nut shots. Uh, um, how, I mean, Williams over A little self-serving, but that was a great win. Anyway, those. But he said, "But hey, Breadman is on board." He says, "But yes, I agree. Rigo over Nonito is top."
0: Wow. I mean do I mean look, you're not gonna have to sell me on that. I'm looking at my framed Rigon Diao Donair poster. That is one of my favorite the reason why I have it framed. I was like stupidly excited for that fight. Two top ten pound for pound guys. It was like the you know, back when I had a, a uh a hardcore card, back before I gave you back my card many times and I became a filthy casual again who likes skinheads. Uh that was like my Super Bowl. I interviewed both ahead of it. Uh, you know, I got into an argument on the phone with Rigo during that stretch, like, because, like, I brought up how people think he's boring. Like, I mean, I loved that fight so much. I also loved me some Rigandow. I also sat on the stage of Radio City Music Hall. So that fight to me had, uh, you know, had very, very special vibes to it. Michael J. Fox was in the front row. I sat next to Eric Raskin and met him in the men's room for the first time ever, uh, you know, really give get a chance to take a deep breath and, and uh Touch and you know pour, you know do do something to him there right
1: come on let me let me put some water on your ball
0: and also because it was a it was a fun ass fight to me okay people always look at that fight and remember rounds 4 through 8 when rigo just was like i'm just going to play defensive marauder hey rafe couple things not only did donaire rally to score a knockdown in that fight and make it fun Donaire almost lost one of his eyes late, and don't forget how fun as balls the first two rounds were, especially round one when Donaire came in there looking to bang, and Rigo started landing some bombs that like made made Donaire go, oh crap, like you know i could, I could get caught here um so you don't have to sell me on the idea that that's a great win, but I really like this debate because it's like you know it's not the what makes that idea of what's the best win of the decade. So it, it has I mean, to I should have,
1: I should have, Brian, I should have fleshed out my how good Nonito was at the time argument because his people, people who were sleeping on some of his fights before in the previous five years before then, or say before he showed up on HBO putting the dent in Montiel's head for Montiel, uh, he has wins over guys who are still holding titles today. To this day, Brian. Wow. All right. That Darchinian, Darchinian was a pound for pound guy, undefeated, when he hit caught him with that hook, and Vic did not know he lost. Uh two fights later, he stops, and this this is a weird stoppage on a cut, but he but but, but Nonito was was at way ahead, was kind of cruising in the fight. Maruti Mtalani. The South African guy who's, who who still has a belt right now and hardcores online are saying deserves, oh, yeah, he should be a pound-for-pound a pound guy today. Nonito beat him back in the day. Uh, all these guys that showed up in great fights in the lower weights, uh, Nonito just sunned a lot of them. Hernan Tyson Marquez knocked his ass out. Easy.
0: Dude, you don't have uh, to sell me. All you had to say was that Donaire was your reigning fighter of the year and— Essentially, universal number three pound for pound in the world behind Manny and Floyd at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean he was he was consensus number three at the time. And uh, let me just
0: ask you quick: was uh, Manny had lost to Bradley to open 2012? Who did he close 2012 by beating? Nobody. He got he got
1: he got slept to close 2012, December 2012. so, So
0: Manny was not your consensus. Probably
1: maybe Ward. So, I, was no, War, was, no. was so, Ward fighting think, or was he uh, fighting with Goosen?
0: Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, he was losing. To, he was taking the only L of his career to Goosen. I think Don, Donino, Donito Nonerne was as high as number two, Rafe, because Manny was out of that picture.
1: It was, Manito Donero.
0: Yes. He was the number two best fighter in the world, and it was your reigning fighter of the year. Now, look. in in, all, in full honesty, that was one of those weird fight of the year wins where he won it because he won four times and nobody else had like a breakthrough year because Marquez had beaten Licar Ramos when he took a dive in that first fight so no one wanted to give Marquez fighter of the year for like the one knockout of, of Manny so they gave it to Nonito on the uh, you know the 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 whole they looked at the whole man
1: you know what they also probably but it was, it was BWAA, so they probably also voted on it before Marquez and Manny fought That's in December great, of that year that
0: is a great comeback wow you're right so wow it, was, it is good. Yeah, you you feel you're feeling it. Uh, so here's the deal. This this win is in the discussion. I need to figure out right now if this was actually the best win. We're talking about the number two pound for pound fighter in the world. Rafe, do you know what we're also talking about? Rigondeaux was something like eleven and zero at that time, or eight and zero, or something ridiculous, and hadn't really won a big fight. So there were you know the Dan Rayfields of the world at that time who were like, you know, this guy's just a boring defensive guy Donaire's going to knock him out. That was what a lot of people thought coming. I got the score right. I predicted he'd win a close decision, which in the end he did. Although, let's not forget this. Anyone sitting on the side of the ring that had Max Kellerman and Harold Letterman had Rigo winning by like, you know, wide margins, which led to everybody at home Scoring it for Rigo by wide margins, but everybody on the press row side had it close, like 114, 112, something like that. And the reason is because we didn't give Rigo those four straight rounds when he didn't fight at all. We okay, gave it- I, I understand, but like
1: he, he, he Nanito really couldn't do anything in those rounds either. You know, I mean, I was not happy that, that Rigo basically took them off and was just like, yeah, well, I don't need to, you know, I'm taking these off because you can't touch me. Yeah, but, but, but
0: Donaire was landing jabs. He was at least trying to push the pace. He, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but, like, he he was not in control. Look, I love me some Nonito, but he was not in control of that fight.
0: Okay, well, look, I'm 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 arguing against one of my favorite fighters ever here, Enrico, so let me stop doing that now. The question is, is there a win that's better? Man, that Marquez Manny win is close. It's real close.
1: I think, I think... If you look, you can make a very good case because of how good, you know, obviously both of them were, the level they fought out. It was a, it unlike the, uh, the Rego win, it was a great fight. Um, but it has a, it has a certain, uh, taint. It has a smell on it. Uh, I think we know what that smell is.
0: Yes. Yes. It did exist. Believe me, it did exist. Uh, we've been smelling that since the beginning, so to speak, Rafe. Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. All right. Uh, Floyd Canelo's not, it can't surpass it, but it's in the conversation. I mean, I know Canelo was 23, but Floyd shut him out except for CJ Ross. I mean, he, he, he pissed all over him. He he made, he made Canelo look like Robert Guerrero in that fight. Yeah. Yeah. He gave him the raw dog. Uh, could you, could you argue that, that the Floyd Manny, the Floyd went over Manny disarming him like that. Forget about the salt water in the shoulder. Manny was number two pound for pound at the time. That was the two best fighters of their of their division, their sport, their era. You and could argue it. Give uh, him a the, boxing lesson. It, well, yeah. I mean, look,
1: and, and if you honestly, it's a similar argument as you your as one would make for the Rigo over United yeah. fight. It's like you know, this was a this was a fight where it wasn't a great fight, but it was a fight where uh, uh, two great fighters and one clearly clearly showed he was the more skilled. And better man on that night and probably throughout their careers, if you want to extrapolate from there. Um, but I I so the way I look at manny I think had phases to his career, which may have uh you might want to call them cycles to his career. Um, but you could also call them phases. Whoa, what do you
0: what do you whoa yo 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 relax? Cycles to Manny's career, what do you Paulie melanaggy here?
1: Um You gotta what cycle I mean
0: on and off before Usada shows up, you know?
1: He look, Manny from 2012 when he loses when he gets knocked out by Marquez to I would say uh when he comes back versus Matisse those 5 years or so he was not the he didn't go for it like he did yes. before and like he does now I don't know how what he somehow Stella got his groove back or Manny you know I don't maybe
0: he took a dip with Tay Diggs um but <laughs> I think you meant to say that um Memo got his groove back well, he's not working with Memo right now. Hey, hey real quick on Tay Diggs, do you watch the uh, CW slash Netflix series All American? I'm addicted to it.
1: No, I don't. I used to watch the CW series um, Homeboys in Outer Space. Oh my god!
0: You know who loves that is the dude that co-hosts the Wire podcast with Jamel Hill on The Ringer, Van Latham
1: you know I am I I'm, I I'm not familiar with that uh that podcast
0: or or that company. Thank you. Uh you know it, it's not amateur night. It did exist there. Rafe, what I'm saying here is uh, All American with Tay Diggs, it's a it's a football socio-class uh show based in Crenshaw. It's fantastic, okay? It's cool. freaking fantastic.
1: I, I would happily check that Thank out.
0: Thank you. Anyway, uh Rafe, if Manny's 2009 win over Cotto was in this decade would you give that a chance of winning or would you Whoa. say that Koto had already been
1: Yeah Koto was also not himself you know the the thing that the, the the thing that separates this Rigo win is he was beating Nonito almost uh, you you know uh, very very close to his absolute prime i don't think it was Nonito's best weight but other than that nor was it Rigo's best weight right so this was uh it, you know it was he, he just he, he 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 it was a it was masterful, you know,
0: if you do know you're forgetting a, a monster one. And in fact, fe- you know, especially when we're talking about not only best wins of the decade, but ones that came where somebody, you know, disarmed the guy and gave him a freaking boxing lesson. In fact, baby, I just don't get it that you could miss this. I mean, I know. What do you enjoy? Oh, are we, are
1: we we're doing a fury over Vlad?
0: Uh yeah we are.
1: Yeah, I mentioned that to to Fred. No, no, uh, no, no. Give also. him his moment,
0: okay? He deserves it. Alright. here.
1: Bruno.
0: Bruno, Rafe, because I'm sick and tired. Even today of BoxingScene.com, great website, of BoxingScene.com's Dan Raphael continuing to perpetuate the wrong stereotype that Fury-Klitschko was a crap fight that featured two crap performances and that the guy who was less crappy just happened to win. Rafe, that fight is in discussion for best of the decade. And I'm sorry, given the history of Klitschko's dominance up to that point and given the fact that nobody except for Big John thought that Tyson could do it. That might be the best win of the decade. And it was brilliant. And people Brian, missed it. They Brian, missed it. Brian, you're a
1: hatchcock. You're a hatchcock, my friend. But let me ask you this.
0: He made him flip cheeseburgers.
1: Yeah, he did make him flip cheeseburgers. And Vlad was not comfortable handling that grill. Um, however, Brian, let me ask you this one question. I can, I'll ask you one question about this. I, I, Okay, here we here we go. Um was Vlad ever 2 or 3 pound for pound?
0: Uh speaking of Dan Rafael, Rafe, <laughs> I'm asking you. I ain't asking Dan the man. After Floyd retired in 2015 post Burdo, let's not forget Dan Rafael put Klitschko number 1 pound for pound. So Rafe, when was the fury Wild or Fury-Klitschko fight? Oh, stop this. Stop Late 2015, this. it was, right? It did exist. Please, find the date. I'm going to look it up on my slow It Wi-Fi. was 2015,
1: yeah, November 2015.
0: Oh, my God. When did Floyd beat Berto? September 2015. Rafe, Fury beat the Pound for Pound King, according to the number one boxing writer in the planet. Okay? So let's bring in Harold. All right, Jim. <laughs> Four rounds to three for Dan Rayfield. Jim, I don't know, I don't know what he saw, but this might be the best win of the decade. Be it as it may. Okay?
1: Yeah, look, okay, Fury gets the golden fleece.
0: Decide right now, as for you and your house, who will you serve? Oh, in the Bartholomew in the
1: books household? Yes. Three go.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I, I'm I'm not convinced it's not Tyson Fury. That's what at the at worst that's number two. Tell me, tell me. At where, that what, was so you know I I think What does number right. two do I, for I feel you. bad
1: for forgetting it now. But like when I was texting people, texting BJB and Breadman over the weekend about this, I was like, I can't think of anything other than maybe like you know Marquez over Manny and and Fury over Klitschko. Those were the first, Those were the two that came to mind. And then there, obviously there were others that I wasn't thinking of at the time, but. So yeah, yeah, it's it, it was one of the first that came to mind for that. But look, man, he, they, they were not as good of fighters, pound for pound, as the guys in the ring that night in Radio City Music Hall with you sitting there dreaming of Rockettes when you was a kid.
0: Man, I still dream of, I still dream of that.
1: Okay. They got legs, man. They know how to use them. Can
0: can yes, they can. Anyone can get it there on that row there. Rafe. <laughs> um, uh, do we also just mention? Uh, in terms of the uh, the honorables and the people that we forgot, uh, I just had one. I just had one in my brain. I just had one. Um. Oh. Oh, uh, no, I just had one. I really... I, I, oh, sorry. The ward Kovalov thing. Let's not forget that that was two of the top three fighters in the world at the moment. So we do have to put the first one up there. But it's not not a clear win. Yeah, well, that's fair. That is fair. Okay, so I take that out. I take that back. So my then I'm going to go like this. Fury, Klitschko, one. Rigo, Donaire two. Shroud
1: over Canelo was a clearer win uh, that day. Uh,
0: Floyd, Cane- Floyd, Manny. Farah
1: over Canelo was a clearer win that Floyd, day.
0: Floyd, Manny, three. Floyd, Canelo, four. And, uh... I don't think you can put Chaco SSR because we didn't. I mean, SSR before that Chaco. SSR Estrada. Oh, Estrada. Oh. 2012. Larry Holmes. Yeah, He's he, calling it as yeah, he sees he does, it. He, he did, knows did, this game. He, right? He did, it, it did exist. He does know it. No, I still don't think you can put that up there because I think we we ended up giving Estrada love more after that. Right. We Yeah. And people people were like, damn, this guy can fight on that night. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. OK, that's it. Uh, we're not missing anybody else. Right.
1: I mean, I'm sure we're missing something, but we have the we have the we don't have the regular boxing fans listening to us. Right. They are the boxing hardcore.
0: Yeah. And they're going to let us know. I mean,
1: look, we need to probably put a little more respect on Darren Barker over Wash Gill.
0: Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Uh, Loma against uh, uh, the fastest hands in the world. Gary Russell, Jr. Yes. Oh, actually, Salito Loma. That's a hell of a win, though. That's that, a yeah. that's a garbage win. I can't argue.
1: You got to make weight if you want to qualify. That is, that
0: is that is true. That is true. Okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's got to eat, baby. Thank you. Uh, Rafa, let's go quickly through the rest of this here. Um, Horn, Timmy Zoo Jr., Jeff Horn. It's going to happen because I don't know if you've noticed, but the COVID numbers down under are fantastic right now. So shout out to all of our Aussie blokes that are checking this out, our New Zealand, our Kiwi friends as well. August 26th at an outdoor stadium, we're getting horned Zoo. So get horned, first of all. But guess who weighed in on who they thought could win this or should win this?
1: The man, I tried to keep him off the pole, but I, I couldn't do it.
0: Michael Zarafa, okay? Oh, yeah. He says, he told the Sydney Morning Herald after listening to the Tim Zoo interview confirming it, I fell asleep. He can't string a sentence together. It sounds like he's talking underwater. He's the most boring fighter I've ever seen. He went on to say, uh, essentially, Rafe, that he's one-dimensional. And he says, quote, you have to clean up your backyard first, like I did, like Jeff Horn did. You take away Zoo's last name, you'd ask Tim who? Who's he beaten? He fought Joel Camilleri, who is tough, and Dwight Ritchie, rest his soul. Who else? He fought Wade Ryan. Who else? Guy Ritchie against who? against who? against who? Rafe, um, is Rafa getting the score right here? I mean, is Tim Zoo going to get sent to hell by the school teacher?
1: It does. Look, I, I, I look at that matchup and just think, why, why is, why is this happening? I don't know. I, I haven't watched a whole lot of Tim Zoo fights closely because he's not really fought anyone I know yet. Uh, I will be watching this one avidly, even if it's on at like 4 a.m. here on the East Coast because it's taking place in Townsville, uh, Australia. But um, yeah, look, it, 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 unless, unless Tim Zoo is the truth and is ready for a, a, a real leap in class, I think, you know, uh, the Hornet will, um, you know, he will respond with his fists in the ring and you'll see.
0: Right. Yeah, right, Do you right,
1: think, Brian, um, how involved is, is uh, you know, the legendary father, Kostya Zou, with his son's career? Will he – is does he train him? Is he going to – basically I'm asking, are we going to get some interactions between the Scorpion King, Glenn <laughs> Rushton, and Kostya Zou? And is Kostya Zou going to have to break out a – do not be rude to me, please, uh, I think to Glenn, because Glenn likes to talk some ed,
0: some some, does, some smack. Yes. I, I'd like to. I'd like to. He see. runs. He runs that 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 financial planner mouth of his. I'd like to see both of them harden up and bang it full of quarters, indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I I I'm excited for that fight. Ha, straight up, I'm excited about it. Ray, 15 years later, is it is, is, is there enough distance? We know Costa Zoo is an all time all time great, but is there enough distance to say he quit in round 12 against Ricky Hatton? Didn't come out of his office stool. Look, I'm you're
1: not this is not going anywhere with me, all right. I I understand the argument, people can go ahead and feel how they want to feel. You know how I want to feel? Ricky Hatton was a dirty ass fighter fighting at home. The ref was letting him do all kinds of fouling, didn't warn him none. And Kostya was like, This is bull crap, I'm out, all right. So, if you want to call that quitting, call it what you want, but.
0: It was, you know, it, 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 he got jobbed. He got jobbed. Scorecards at the time, 105-104 Hatton, 106-103 Hatton, 107-102. So he would have needed a knockdown at least to try to pull off a, uh, a draw there, Rafe. So, yeah. All right. Hey, moving on as well. Uh, Dan Rayfield of BoxingScene.com ha, uh, caught up with Bernard Hopkins and asked him about Oscar's threatening comeback. You know, Bernard once got sent to hell through the ring ropes by that construction worker, remember? Well, he remained active. That was different. Okay. Well, he says, quote, I would honestly tell Oscar to pick on someone your own age or older. There's not a lot of guys 50 and up, but pick on someone your age, of course. Try to make it a quick knockout so there's no embarrassment. Pick the right opponent, and remember, your legacy is still alive as long as you're in the ring, so you got to protect that legacy. I would say, say stay away from anybody not in your age bracket. He went on to say, I don't want anybody, whether it's my partner Oscar or anybody I really care about or support to get hurt. I would tell Oscar, why would you come back? Can I talk you out of it for a minute? Rafe, should should Bernard be picking up the phone? already from the beginning and in talking oscar out of this crap or does he just know oscar's a freak and he's going to do what he wants
1: well i think he probably knows that oscar like every other time he talks about coming back probably isn't coming back so you know don't waste your breath uh bernard you know trying to save oscar from himself oscar will will figure will will you know, probably just forget that he ever made any of this up.
0: Well, he did say pick on somebody your own age, and there's not a lot of fighters, you know, fifty or over who can do this. Even though you Oscar think
1: he's was... trying to talk himself back into well, that fight with Oscar, they have a to... little
0: bit of history, and Oscar had plenty. A beauty. Of, Oscar had plenty of business getting up from that body shot, and he didn't. So maybe he should honor Guy Ritchie and come back and challenge Bernard. Maybe there's a chance this happens. You're saying that there's a chance. To- who would you favor? Uh, I guess they would have to do it at like sixty-eight, right? For Bernard, forty-seven-year-old Oscar. I, I, what, what weight
1: does uh, what weight does does Oscar make at this point? We don't know.
0: Oscar said he could make fifty-four for this comeback, which I don't believe. But <laughs> but what if uh, what if they did it at sixty-eight? Oscar Bernard. Um, I don't know if Bernard can make sixty-eight. What am I talking about? Open weight. I would Rafe, open weight. Who wins? Yeah, I, look,
1: I, I, I'm I'm sticking with the. Uh with uh, bernard in that one brian because he's he's the one who lives the very clean lifestyle probably still trains in you know like trains probably still trains and spars four or five times a week uh and he is the alien uh, I, I just just and, and he won the first one so uh, i don't see how oscar um I, don't, I really don't see how oscar would have much of a chance in,
0: in i was in your ass and you was ready to quit and you was blowing and puffing and went to your corner like a rag doll it and knew that you lost that fight. Yeah, that's our gangster, right. Wow, great, great moments in history there from uh, HBO Face to Face, right? Great, great
1: hey, stuff. Oscar, what would Oscar say? Oscar would be like, "Well, Bernard, it's not really how I thought
0: it happened." Uh, we let's bring in Oscar. Do we have Oscar at all? Uh... Anthony Joshua was what, like six seven, six eight? Yeah, oh, and God. he's muscular and he's he's built like a looks like a freaking goddess, you know. All right, I wouldn't have used those words. But, uh, hey, Keith Thurman has come out in an interview with uh, our, our Armenian legend, uh, Manuka Akakapan, Rafe? Akopian. Akopian. And he says he lost to Manny Pacquiao because he failed in the self-discipline needed to take off the weight ahead of that fight in a timely and responsible manner and rushed and took it all off too late. And he says, Rafe, in round 10... Entering round 10, he was convinced the fight was a draw and took his foot off the gas and was content to go to the scorecards as a draw. And as we know, he went on to lose a split decision, but he says he didn't finish strong in the final two rounds. Something inside of him kind of just gave up. Uh, should he be saying this? Do you buy into all this at all? Do you care? Do you want to see a rematch? Uh, what what, do you, what are you thinking here about Keith?
1: I don't... Uh, I. I don't really care what how he thinks about how he lost or whatever, um, but I would watch that fight again. It was really good the first time around if Keith thinks that he can improve on it and Manny doesn't have another dance partner that's... I mean, there are only a handful of fights for Manny out there that would be better. Even fewer if you remove, say, like the Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford fights that probably are biting off more than Manny wants to chew in his early 40s. Uh, so then you're really only looking at three or four guys tops who make much sense and keith's got to be in there that was a good that, that would be fun jeff horn who's jeff horn
0: nobody i don't i got so many different disrespectful things that i can say right now i don't even want to do it because that was back then doesn't even matter now fast forward a couple months later rafe and suddenly he changed his tune okay you know what happened next right do you do you had
1: a little too much to drink that thank egg. you
0: Yes. Jeff Horn was a real man. Yes, yes he was. Thank you, uh, Rafe. Do you, uh, as far as my history of clinging to, to scorecard takes I've had and not and not backing off, do you respect one fifteen, one thirteen, Thurman over Pacquiao, or do you despise me for it?
1: I don't despise. I don't look. I just don't know what what I don't know what was going through your mind, Brian. I, don't, I still know.
0: All right, we'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. Uh speaking of uh good looking men like myself, Rafe, David Lemieux, the Armenian turned Canadian um, honk, is still pining for this Canelo fight, telling Boxing Scene, quote, Canelo's a great style for me and it's fireworks for the fans. As we stand right now, Rafe, hoping DeZone is gonna give us some fights. I mean, you know, you remember the, the, the what Dwyer has said, his his you know, his issues. I thought zone.
1: DAZN was gonna hit us between the eyes with some great fights. Right, right? Who's Canelo gonna fight? Tom, Dick, or Harry?
0: Well, I don't know, well, you can choose which of those three you'd prefer, Rafe. I think you'd go with the second one. But uh are we gonna see this? Is this the is this guy in the clubhouse lead in the Books household in terms of who gets Canelo? It seems
1: like it, right? Because if uh if 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 there's the you know the reporting suggests that um Derevianchenko will be we look, looking at a Jamal Charlo
0: fight. Sources rather. Sources right. per Mike Coppinger, per Kevin Connolly of Entourage.
1: Right. So if that's the fight, if that's what's going to happen, um, then who? It's hard to you start to grasp in at straws, right? I mean, they're going to pull Toriano Johnson's ass out of out of out of out of a hat somewhere. I mean, they might
0: give me Curtis or, Stevens. Give Jason me. Quigley.
1: I mean, it could get rough.
0: Give me Canelo, Curtis Stevens. Okay, thank you. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. Uh, also, Clarissa Shields is, is looking to come back and fight that D. Curry chick from Canada for a 154 title. Do you care, Rafe? Do you really care?
1: Which one? Who's D. Curry again?
0: I don't know. I really don't yeah. know. All right. Let me just say, I was wrong about this fight. Clarissa Shields is Bugs. She's what? It's what? She's what? Let me just say, I was wrong about this fight. Clarissa Shields is Bugs. Bugs? She's Bugs?
1: Us? I don't know. All right.
0: All right. You know, I'm done with that. Okay. You know, yeah. Uh, Rafe, that's the damn show for this week. Uh special thanks to Evan Korn for uh for getting sent to hell by Rafe Bugs on the Twitter game. I didn't
1: send him to hell. What are you talking about? That's crazy.
0: All right, all right. Uh you tell us, okay? At us, at Rafe Bugs, at B Campbell CBS, at State of Combat. What's boxing's best win of the last decade? We ain't got nothing else to talk about until they announce some good fights, okay? I I ain't got that Dizone shit. I'd like to again. Hopefully, hopefully, right? You been watching the Manics Hour there on, on
1: No, I, I mean, I listen to his podcast and I like that, but it's just weird to to turn on Zone and watch a podcast. Yeah, uh, a different term. podcast. I love I love me some Sergio Mora, but no, I don't really catch it that much. Look, it's, it's been a rough
0: year for a lot of people. It's been a rocky year for me. Right? I lost the
1: um, Mikey Garcia, Errol Spence fight. Worse yet, as people who follow the uh, polls I post here online, I had a backup plan here. I had Caleb Truax against Peter and I was getting a plus 225.
0: Dude, Caleb Truax, when you're talking about, like, the great left hoods in in history, Riff? Mm-hmm. Where do you rake Caleb? Truax? Caleb... Uh Caleb Plant, sorry, Caleb Plant. Hey, can we order Caleb Truex's beer? I don't know. I should be able to find some out here. I'm I'm a am in a Great Lakes State. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna get on that. In fact, we should just get that guy on here to talk soon. We love that man. Um I was talking about Caleb Plant's left hook. I don't know if you had a thought on that at all.
1: Oh, uh you know, I'm gonna wait to see him land it on a like a decent fighter and then move and then take it from there.
0: Then you have Mayweather.
1: Here, trigger left hook. Right
0: there I say, Caleb plant level left hook. God, that's such a great sound. Bite. I mean, it really is right.
1: Dwyer is the best.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Rafe, this was fun. Okay. I, I try not to jab with the Jabba, but we got, we went back and forth a bit. I, you know, it was a good, good time. Great oldies. Okay.
1: It just fits on like an, like an old, uh, leather jacket.
0: Yes, it does. Uh, I feel like I never know if we're ever going to do a show again. I never know if this is the last one because boxing just, you know, they just don't got the score right right now. But hopefully, you know, the, the rumors.
1: I know boxing can't be killed, and it can never be saved. I know. You will always be here with us, but and at, we will be here with boxing.
0: But at the same time, boxing, you know, it's kind of <laughs> kind of full of shit, Rafe, okay? I used to love this sport, all right? So uh, it is what it is at the end of the day. Uh, Shout-out to everybody, right? Omaha, Nebraska. Ulrich Anderson, all the crews, John Signorella of Las Vegas, big fan of what that guy's doing in his life. Uh you have any shouts you want to put out there? Uh, the Robbie Rinaldi's. Oh Homer. Homer's all over my my ish lately.
1: Homer Homer got himself a problem it seems on the, on the gram. Got a little too close to the rooster on yes. there. Now the rooster's sliding, I don't know if he's sliding in Homer's ladies DMs, but he's definitely commenting on there. You don't know, look you don't. We've seen the kind of pressure the rooster puts on you in the <laughs> ring. You don't want that. That is a bad night, he even will, if you win like
0: JSK did. Yes, he will BFJ all over your lady. There is no oh, question BFJ about it. Jesus, this, man. Yes, 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 indeed. All right, check out my favorites folder for more. we got to shut this thing down. For Rafe Bartholomew of USBets.com, a subservient of Eric Raskin, my name is Brian Campbell. Uh, deep breath now. Ray, do you want to give out the closing message?
1: Yeah.